Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I am joined, I'm catching up with a very special guest, a good friend of the podcast, a voice you're going to recognize if you've listened to previous episodes, Mike Reed from Blue Bay Asset Management from across the pond. Mike, uh, welcome back. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? I'm very well. How are you today? Keeping well here in England. Very good. And uh, you're, you're, you're a little bit ahead of us on the curve over there. Uh, so, uh, so I think that's good news. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not. Well, I think maybe in, in some ways good. I suppose we we're hoping we we're sort of in the back end of it now, but who knows? It's uh, we we were now going to a situation where we had the big peak in April, where a lot of Europe did, um, but now we seem to be having these little localized breakouts in little hot spots, and they shut um, the city of Leicester down. Uh, there are a lot of um, uh, sort of these sort of um, clothing and garments uh, stores that. Um, uh, factories there and they think they spread it there we've had a couple of situations with food processing with another one with 100 people this weekend so who knows well they've opened the pubs which is a good thing i suppose so at least we can go have a drink uh, we have a drink outside though. so but it's still very it's really pretty nervous over here there's a lot of disputes discussions about whether you should face face masks or not people are anxious so and we'll see what's going to happen yeah, and that's one of the nice things about going to England is that you can stand outside uh, at at the pub and have a uh, have have a pint, uh, and 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 really the crisis is what I what what I wanted to cover off today, and 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 really uh, at, at Blue Bay uh, specialists in fixed income, and and I wanted to ask you about how how you and your colleagues at Blue Bay managed through uh, the crisis in your fixed income portfolios. How did you cope with uh, with what was going on through the height of the crisis? Well, I guess if I am honest, when we came into the crisis in January, February, when it was starting to brew, uh, we were still quite constructive about risk. The economy seemed to be going well. Uh, we felt that Trump was going to prime things ahead of the election, which he seemed to be doing. Um, and things to be seemed to be going quite well. Then we started to monitor it with quite more closely as we started to see some of the reports come out. We started to get a little bit more apprehensive during February. Uh, and I know that we were in discussions with the RBC um, senior economics team as well, going through it with them and, you know, we were having daily updates on the numbers. We started to get a little bit more cautious towards the uh, middle. Towards then. We started to take some of our risk down, but we still were running a little bit too much risk, I guess, when it really blew up. And I think the, it was the back end of February when we suddenly had an explosion in cases after really after the school half-term holidays here in, in Europe, when large numbers of people travel to go skiing and people returned back to their home countries and then it was like wildfire here. And I think that's when we realized this is a serious problem and we need to act. We were probably, as I said, wrong side. We had too much risk on uh, in hindsight. Hey, that's that's you know, where we are. But then it's it's how you react when you get into it that really matters. Um, and it's you know, the first thing is not to panic. So I'm working what, you know, so let's go back to see what other things we could do. You know, what playbooks can we get? So we look back to 2008 is obviously the most recent example of, of what's happened. And it's obviously that wasn't an, a, that was a, a financial crisis rather than a health crisis. Um, but, you know, go through your portfolio and it's, it's a case of not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, you have to be quite brutal and take a scalpel to things where you need to. Um, and not, you know, and when things have changed, you have to change your position. Uh, and some of the, you know, it very, became very clear, you know, from our analysis, you know, things like airlines, things like leisure, this was going to be a really big, big hit to them. Um, and so we moved very quickly. Well, we had exposure there to move them out as quickly as we could. 
But then it's once we got to there and we then we we definitely underperformed for a period of time. But we knew that was going to happen because there's only a certain amount you can do because some of the the, the panic that goes on there and other people who are overly leveraged um, were, were in a, a very bad state. There was a fund in Europe, it's H2O, which had a huge amount of leverage to liquid positions. And they were down like 50% in the first few weeks. And when they're being forced sellers, there are, there are no bids out there. There are only bids are out there for things that you don't really want to sell. So we weren't, we, we, you know, we don't use leverage, uh, which helped us. Um, and um, so we, we were careful and we looked through, we said, well, in all, in, in the last financial, in the financial crisis, what paid you to do was A, was to be get close to the central banks because the central banks will act. The central banks had themselves a playbook from 2008 on what to do. In 2008, 2009, they took a while to sort it out, especially Europe. Took a long time to work out what to do, but the, the Fed, you know, and the US, if you remember back then, didn't get it straight away, and there were some rocky times. But they had a playbook; they knew what they were going to do, and they did the same. So we're like, okay, now what we our mantra was: stay close to the central banks. The central banks will not let credit fall apart. They started with the government bond market when they were they were starting to get some tensions there and some of the LIBOR rates and stuff. Then it was going to be it was going to be senior fixed income. It's going to be you know investment grade companies. Those were the there was the very obvious ones for them to support. You know investment grade companies. The credit once you let the credit because it becomes self perpetuating. Once the credit gets choked, then companies die very very quickly and can make very very bad decisions in difficult times. So when the the authorities act and they did again to support investment grade, we were close to that. We we thought that would happen, and the same in Europe. Um, where they reopened their, their their bond buying program, so that really helped us, and we were well positioned for that. And we we got our, our portfolios concentrated around there. What we also did was we were looking to you know, reduce sovereign exposure. Some of the really you know people, the, the rush to high grade sovereigns, it works for a very short period of time. But in Europe, you have to remember these are severely negative rates we're talking about here. You know, when 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 you're lending to Germany and you're paying them fifty up to 100 basis points a year to lend their money, you are on a guaranteed loss-making trade. And that's because people are forced into those trades because they have to hold those. But we have the ability to think about that and move away from there. Then you move down the spectrum slightly. You start to look at you know high-yield uh, high stuff, and especially stuff that's you know, being, being forced out of investment grade into high-yield and, and, the, and the fallen angels. There's a there's a suddenly a, a big market that's that's grown up that grown there. And we again know all those companies. We you know we're fundamental analysts. We we look from the bottom up and we work with that. And so that really paid us. And so we moved into high yield. And our high yield teams. I have to give a huge shout out to them. They have done phenomenally well. Um, and some of the panic that went on and some of the prices they they didn't panic. They had they put cash to work where they had it. They moved from very safe credits, which were the obvious ones, into more risky ones where they start to think the balance has come in favour. Um, and especially in our high-yield team in Europe, I think they're four, 500 basis points ahead of, of, of their benchmarks this year. Um, and that is incredible. And actually, one of the things is the, must look at the default rates. The default rates in Europe are much, much lower than the US. It's a very different basket of bonds in high-yield high bonds. In the US, we're expecting default rates to be up about 9-10% this year. In Europe, it's going to be about 25 It's just so you suddenly there, so you're being paid to hold that risk. So that's very interesting. So that's where we are. And we've done well. We've recovered across, well, we're looking across all our portfolios. And I, 
I had a little look yesterday, and I think 97% of all the assets that we manage for RBC funds are ahead of benchmark year to date now. Excellent. Well, Mike, that's a, a tremendous update. And there's so many different directions I'd like to take this. I want to be respectful of your time. We'll get you on again. But I think one of the key things that you've said and some of the other investment managers that we've had on the podcast in recent weeks have all come back to it. It's almost the same line, which is we did not panic. And that's exactly what, what, what investors can learn from the professionals is when you get into a situation, as you said, and some other managers have said, we weren't exactly where we wanted to be coming into this, but we, as soon as things started to happen, we, we, we didn't panic. We took a step back. We looked back at things we could learn from in the past. We developed a, a plan very quickly and then executed and were able to take a difficult situation and actually turn it into a positive uh, for investors. So, so, so that's a great story. And Mike, again, we'll have you on. Thank you though, for, uh, for coming on. Great to, uh, Great to hear from you. We missed you coming over to Canada to visit us. Uh, hopefully that's going to happen soon. I hope so. I was out in February and I just I was out there just before it all, all kicked off. So uh, at least I've got a trip in this year. So I'm not sure I'm going to make another one. So as I said to you, and I was chatting to you the other day, Dave, that if I come out now, uh, I, have to, I have to go into quarantine for two weeks when I come back. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Well, we don't want that. We never want to have you working that hard. But Mike, thanks for uh, thanks for your time today, and we'll get uh, and hopefully we'll have you back soon. All the best. Lovely to speak to you, Dave. Take care.